Hi, I'm Alicia Atchison. I'm vegan, an animal lover, and animal rights activist. Many people say that becoming vegan is one of the best decisions they have made in life. I'm here to share my guest stories on their choice to live a kind life and what it means for them to be vegan. Welcome to A Kind Life. Today I have Meg Watkins. How are you going, Meg? Hey, Alicia. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. I first of all would like to start, I'm just going to fully disclose here that you and I are friends, Meg. Um, I've known you for a little <laughs> while through, I guess it started um, with AJP, but then I've also seen you around the traps at other things in Geelong. So you're a local based vegan that I'm really excited to interview because I'm sure there's lots of things that I don't actually know about you. That's what I love about <laughs> these podcasts. So thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have a chat. So tell everyone else who doesn't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in Geelong on the surf coast, been based here my whole life. Um, I do have the travel bug though. So I've spent, uh, you know, a few years in my late teens and my early 20s uh, exploring the world as much as I could. I've got a hospo background, done a little bit of dabbles in, you know, a bit of study here and there. But yeah, my main passion is animal rescue protection and welfare and animal rights. So I've been trying to incorporate that into my life the last few years and see how I can make a life out of that. But aside from that, I love a bit of yoga and surfing and cooking and all the fun, wholesome things. And I know during uh, lockdown, you did take up a new hobby. Tell us about that. I was often in meetings with you, seeing you, you know, entertaining yourself on the other side of the camera. (laughs) Are you talking about my knitting? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been... That's one of the yeah one of the things I love doing is finding new hobbies. So um, I'm not an artsy, crafty person whatsoever, but I have spent the last year trying to get into that side of myself. So I'm constantly knitting scarves. Always got something in my hands. I'm making a basket at the moment. Just started mosaicing yesterday, and I'm doing a bit of painting tomorrow. So I'm trying. <laughs> I would definitely say you're artsy and creative. Then, if you're giving yourself you know a good go at all of those, that's very <laughs> impressive, Meg. I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess tell us about your vegan journey. Um, Well, I started, like most people, as a vego. Um, When I was, I think, eight or nine or ten, I asked my parents if I could go vego when I realised, you know, the link that food is animals. They said no because I didn't eat enough vegetables. And so I kind of pestered them for a few years and eventually when I was maybe 14 or 15, um, they said, okay, fine, if you eat if you eat more vegetables and you, you, you eat a bit better and not so much sugar and lollies, then you can you can go vegetarian. And I said, fine. My mum didn't believe me, so she baked me a big batch of broccoli and leek, like bright green soup for dinner, and I ate the whole thing. So I was allowed to go vego after that. And, yeah, I went vegetarian. My best friend followed not long after, after I convinced her into it, and then she went vegan And then she convinced me into that, basically. Um, So I was kind of teetering with the idea for a while and then went to the Dominion screening in Geelong uh, with James Aspie and Chris Delforce, who had no idea who they were at the time, and came out of that um, vegan. So haven't looked back since. (laughs) Wow. And so how many years ago was that now? Early 2018, so like two and a half years ago. Yeah. Yeah, not too long. I'm guessing that would have had a huge impact on you seeing that screening. Yeah, it did. I, I actually knew I'd, I'd watched the trailer and I never really knew what veganism was about. I didn't know why it was. I just thought it was extreme vegetarians. And I was like, well, I'm not extreme, so I'll just be vegetarian. That's fine. But then I watched the trailer for it and I knew I said to my friend, that's going to make me go vegan. Um, and so 
greedy little me, I ate as much cake and milk as I could in the couple of days before that, before that screening and watched it and was like, oh my God, how did I not do this sooner? Um, it was such a kick in the guts, that film, but it was exactly what I needed. And any time since wherever I felt a little bit of like self-control waning or I need to like really reinvigorate why I'm so passionate about this, I've actually watched it in again a couple of times and every time it just leaves me in an absolute state, but it's what I need sometimes just to get me through and remember why I'm doing all this. Yeah. And I'm guessing it would have been a great support that you had because your friend, you know, was vegan. And so it's sort of like you weren't doing that alone. Yeah, she was so mad that I made her come to that screening because she didn't need to watch it. She was already vegan. But um, yeah, me and her are just two peas, two peas in the pod. So it was just only natural that when she went vegan, I was going to go vegan as well, just because she was. But yeah, it's been great to have her support. Most of my friends now are, are plant-based. So um, it's really nice to have that support system around me. And how did that go with your family? It sounded like, you know, when you're a teenager, your parents were quite against you going vego. So how did they take you becoming vegan? I think I was I was old enough by that point to make my own decisions. It's never, none of my family has ever really understood it, I don't think. It's, um, we kind of just, it's a bit of an elephant in the room. We don't really talk about it that much because people can be very set in their ways. And I love my family so much, but um, I just know that that's one thing that we're probably never going to really see eye to eye on. So I just rely on my, yeah, my friends as my kind of base of support for that and people I meet through various animal activities. So yeah and I know that you do have younger siblings as well so is it something you know do you see that they might follow in your footsteps at some stage uh I hope so um they're both very kind compassionate young girls um nine and 12 so they have asked me questions I try not to to you know shove things down their throats because I'll get in trouble from the parents but I do just try and lead by a compassionate example and and you know because there's such an age gap. I'm like the cool big old old sister slash aunt slash best friend. So I've got that angle working for me. So I hope one day they'll, um, you know, connect the dots the way I did when I was young. Yeah. And so then where did your sort of passion for, you know, going on adventures and traveling, did that integrate like after you became vegan or? Yeah. Again, that was just me and my best friend kind of just following the same life path. She, she started traveling, um, went off and did the whole solo trip thing. And so I thought, oh, that's cool. I'll give that a go. Um, it was a bit of a, journey, a self-discovery journey after I finished high school. I was very lost. So I went yeah overseas by myself just with a seven kilo backpack and kind of just saw what life would bring me and it brought me some wonderful things and I've just been addicted to travel ever since like I I I can't imagine it not being a part of my life I get so antsy whenever I'm in one spot for too long. I'm guessing COVID hasn't helped you then? No that was a bit of a, a shock to the system but it was also a blessing in disguise because I was I've always been so set on overseas travel and when COVID came, I thought, oh, okay, I'm going to be stuck in Australia for a while. So I decided, that's when I decided to take up van life. And, um, you know, I can't imagine not having done that now as well. So in a way, it was good because it made me kind of think about what I've got here at home and exploring my own backyard before I go, you know, crazy going around the world. <laughs> I guess just with that, like, tell us about, it's something that, you know, I've always, it's always so intrigued me about you, Meg, mm-hmm. is that, you know, how old are you actually? I do need to ask that. I'm 24. 
Yeah, because in my mind, I don't know, I feel like you're about 22, 23, so very close. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, it's such an amazing thing that, you know, you decided that, yeah, you were going to basically solo travel. You know, obviously COVID had an impact on your plans, but you, as you said, you bought a van and you were planning to solo travel up sort of the East Coast and take it as it came. So I guess, like, yeah, what sort of, I, like, what sort of inspired you to do that? And, you know, was that challenging for you at any point to make that sort of transition? question I saw a few Instagram bloggers that were doing this you know this crazy thing called van life and I thought oh that sounds cool I'd actually been thinking about it a few months before the pandemic hit but you know it was like a back burner idea maybe one day I'll live in a tiny house or something like that but yeah like I said when the pandemic came it was like okay well I've got to do something so the idea of a minimalist lifestyle really appealed to me as well um I also try to be as eco-friendly as possible so um if, so even though you know yeah the van's a bit of a petrol guzzler I don't drive it as you know I try not to drive it too much but it's all great and I run off solar so that's how it really appeals to me as well yeah I love it I I it's like my I mean it's my home my car my best friend like you know crazy things have happened in this van so <laughs> I can't imagine life without her now yeah, that's awesome. And so I'm guessing you have plans like, you know, now that things are starting to open up, you might actually get out on the road at some point in the future? Yeah, hopefully the near future. Definitely planning a big surf trip up the east coast, you know, up towards the sun and the uh, the beaches up there. I'm sure the van will probably take me other places around Australia, but I am really keen to get back overseas as well. So I don't know. We'll Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm open. Yeah. And one of the things, I guess, before we move on from travel that I'm really interested in is I know having seen sort of some of your stories and things on Instagram that, you know, over time you have traveled to so many places, you know, some of the ones I noticed were like Nepal, India, parts of Europe. So would you have any favorites for any specific reason? Favorite would probably be, or favorite in terms of the place would be Jordan was kind of we didn't really mean to end up there. It was a bit of a spontaneous thing, but it was so amazing. You know, they have some of the ancient wonders of the world and the people and the culture is just amazing. But yeah, in terms of my heart and uh, memories and things like that, um, there's this little sleepy hippie town in North Thailand called Pai, which um, would definitely be my favourite so far. <laughs> yep. And I think there's a bit of a story that goes with your Thailand trip, isn't there? Let's Let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. When I was on one of my solo trips um, in Southeast Asia, I was doing this thing called Workway, which um, if anyone doesn't know, it's basically like you you work and you get in exchange accommodation and sometimes food and things like that as well. So it's just a good way for backpackers to get around and keep their costs low and, you know, also contribute. Uh, so I had two weeks planned at this animal rescue called Pete's Mission in Pai um, in North Thailand. And that was it and you know and then I was going to move on but I got there and you know the two weeks passed and Ryan the the founder and the owner um he asked me if I'd stay longer and it was just a no-brainer I just fell in love with that place and the animals and the dogs and the people there and ended up spending about three months there and then went back the next year and did another three months um and was meant to be going back uh before COVID but you know <laughs> one and, day. and what was your sort of role there um, so I was super lucky because Ryan let me really dive into my passion for animals there. And I actually, it was actually there. I had no idea, that, no idea that animals were my passion before this trip. I was looking for what I wanted to do. You know, I thought I'd maybe be a lawyer or a teacher or 
you know, a bunch of different things. Um, it was literally my time there that made me realise there's nothing else I could possibly do with my life except work with animals because I just can't see anything else that's going to make me feel that fulfilled. So I was really lucky that he imparted so much of his wisdom onto me and he let me, you know, eventually work into a management position where I was helping him run the shelter and the rescue, you know, day to day. Um, he, he got me into some surgeries and, you know, animal medication and that sort of care, you know, things that you wouldn't be allowed to do in Australia without a license. Uh, so that was a really good source of learning for me. And yeah, that kind of kick-started my whole journey with, you know, discovering how I can incorporate this huge passion into my life and into a career and into something that's going to create real meaning for me going forward. I'm guessing it would have been quite difficult, you know, every time you had to leave, it would have been quite a challenge because having been there for a number of months, you would have, that would have kind of taken over your heart, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge part of my heart that lives back there. <laughs> and I thought, I, I, I kept saying to my friends before I went back the second time, um, you know, I'm going back to Pi to, to collect the piece of my heart that I left behind. It was a bit of a running joke. And then like, no, I just left the other half of the heart back there. So the whole thing's there now. <laughs> but yeah, it is hard, especially all the animals, you know, you get so close to them um, and the people and Ryan, of course. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely a piece of Meg left back in Pi. I guess because I know you to be quite the adventurer, like have you ever considered moving over there to, you know, work there full time? I, I have considered it. I'm just, even though I love it so much there, I'm still, it still wouldn't satisfy the travel bug to be in one spot for too long. I think I'm just, I'm so excited for all the adventures and the exploring that I've got to do, you know, in my 20s so and probably my 30s that yeah I would definitely stay there for a long time but I can't see myself settling down in one place you know anywhere for quite some time so probably not. (laughs) Yeah that's fair enough and what other ways do you sort of spread the animal rights message? Obviously how I met you is through the Animal Justice Party. Um, Got involved with them a couple of years ago before I went vegan actually just thought it was yeah really awesome way to get involved. I was kind of just a background member. I never thought too much about getting getting too involved. But yeah, I started going to some meetings and met some people and have, you know, worked my way into some volunteer positions there. So pretty much doing that full time at the moment, it keeps me very busy. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's so important, especially for young people realising the importance of politics and the change that you can create in the political realm, especially for animals. But yeah, aside from that, I've done a bit of, you know, just your regular vegan activism, the, you know, the cubes and the street activism and that sort of thing. But yeah, I guess spreading the vegan message just generally with friends and family and people I meet and just, you know, living by example like you do. Yeah, that's about it. I think that's what you can do really. Yeah. And I'm guessing, you know, you've really heavily invested yourself in the Animal Justice Party. So you're obviously quite passionate about politics. I am. I don't really have, it's hard, it's hard to say. I don't have a huge interest in politics. Like I don't want to be a politician, but I can, I can identify that it's so important. And yeah, politics itself, not, not, not crazy interesting to me, but the impact that you can make through it, that like really interests me. Yeah, and I would say you're being extremely modest about your roles within Animal Justice Party. So, are you going to tell everyone what they oh, are, or am I going to have to name them for you? You can, you can name them. 
<laughs> well, I, I started as um, I started as membership coordinator and newsletter coordinator for the Western Victoria region, where we are, you know, based in the Geelong kind of area. Now I'm the deputy chair for the Young Animal Justice Party branch, like the youth wing in Victoria, and I've become a delegate and just working on the elections team to, you know, help with the upcoming federal and state elections. And just recently, I was elected to state secretary, so managing kind of the, the secretarial affairs of the state, and hopefully will be endorsed as a candidate in an upcoming federal election. So it's definitely like you have a full time job. I, I like the amount of roles and you know the amazing work that you do with Animal Justice Party is a huge credit to yourself, Meg. You're extremely dedicated and organised. Thank you. You're a superwoman. You do it all. No, 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 definitely not. But I think that's something that is really great, I guess, for people to understand, you know, because what you've just said there is that you have so many roles and they're at sort of different levels within the party. So are you even happy just to, I guess, explain, like, I guess, the difference between what you're doing at the regional level versus some of the newer positions you've taken on? Yes. So what I love about the regional groups and the regional level is that it's much about local animal issues so something from local wildlife rescue to you know an injured sheep in the paddock down the road to a broiler farm that's being proposed um, so it's really good if people are interested in local area and it's also very grassroots and you know you get to know people very well and create kind of your tribe in that area obviously you know and move up it's responsibilities are bigger and you know in some ways the difference you can make is bigger but it's just different. Yeah. So I guess, you know, taking on some of the the roles that I've taken on recently, like state secretary, it's so much more about organization and administration. So, you know, you know, you don't always feel like you're doing that much for the animals because you're not, you know, talking to people about animal issues. You're talking to them about, about organizational things. Um, but, you know, I've, I've just, I just find myself that all that is important to creating a really successful animal movement, which is the Animal Justice Party. So, you know, there's there's always a volunteer role to cater to different people's skills and, and I'm a bit of a nerd, so I love that administrative side of it. But you know, there's there's something for everyone. There's writing, there's you know, social media, there's leadership, there's non-leadership, there's everything. Um the party's always giving giving its members lots of opportunities for getting to get involved with animals. So that's something I really love about it. And you mentioned as well that you're hoping to be endorsed as a candidate in the federal election. I guess, like, what motivated you to put your, you know, hat in the ring, so to speak? I think the fact that I don't want to be a politician was my biggest motivator to to put my hand up to be a politician because I realised that they're the kind of people that we need to be making change. And, you know, it's so easy to criticise our government and our politicians for the things that they do or they don't do. But, you know, if I'm not proposing a better solution, then who am I to, who am I to you know, if I'm putting my hand in there and I'm saying, pick me, I can do better, you know, at least I'm proposing an option, um, especially, you know, like I said before, I'm very passionate about it in terms of the angle and angle of being a woman and, you know, all these different different facets that I can offer lacking in politics. So I would love to, which is party if I'm endorsed, uh, you know, on all those different, those different platforms. But Mostly, uh, yeah, it's an amount of wanting just to make the biggest change I can for animals. And I think being a candidate, especially if, you know, you work to get elected is pretty much the biggest thing. To- yeah. And I know you're quite passionate about other sort of issues and, you know, things that would be of concern to the community, like other platforms. Is there any of those that you'd like to mention as well? I don't want to get too excited because I haven't been announced as a candidate yet, but 
an equally or maybe almost equally big passion of mine um, compared to the animal rights passion is climate and environment passion. And, you know, obviously there's huge spotlight on that at the moment, but yeah, I really think it's not getting getting the attention it deserves still. And I would love to have a voice to represent those issues and how important they are to young people, even though they're not being they're not being considered by our politicians, you know, with the respect they deserve. I'm also, you know, my compassion for animals extends to humans as well. I'm just as passionate about vulnerable humans. You know, I'm very, like, I've always been very justice oriented. So, you know, whenever I feel like there's an injustice, it just, it sets fire in my bones. So, you know, that covers anything from racial injustice, socioeconomic injustice, gender injustice, you know, everything. So, no, I don't have specific things, you know, that I'm, that I'd be campaigning on yet, but. I think my overall, you know, values and ethos kind of would just dictate that naturally. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you sort of say, like, for anyone, like, that is interested in politics or animal rights, especially, you know, young people, do you have any advice for them that you would like to give? Um, I think maybe two things. One's probably that people can just get involved in the way that feels good to them, you know, it's not going to be the animal justice party or politics for everyone. For some people, it's that real grassroots activism. And, you know, for some people, it's hosting a podcast or, you know, a hundred different things. Um, and you've just got to find the way that works for you. We don't need everybody doing the same thing. We need people covering a whole range of bases. And the other thing is probably, which I do get sucked into myself sometimes, but is this impossible notion of the perfect vegan. So, you know, if any other vegan service, I think it's really important to just to remind ourselves that we're all just human, we're all doing best, you know, and even when we might have expectations, as long as people are doing their best to create the least amount of harm possible and, you know, they're doing their best to spread the most amount of love and compassion as possible, then, you know, that's it. That's all you can ask of yourself and of anyone else. So as long as we keep that, you know, towards the centre of our, our work, then I think we'll get there eventually yeah it's great advice and I think that's the thing is that you know we can all focus on trying to be perfect but we also need to recognize that you know it's the small things that we do as a collective that add up to you know a greater change or accomplishment so it's great advice Meg is there anything that you're kind of working on I mean I know it sounds like you're already extremely busy but is there anything that you're sort of hoping to work on in the near future or for the next sort of 2022 Probably, yeah, just continuing my work with the Animal Justice Party and the the candidacy. Just going to, I'm very open to whatever life brings me, you know, if if borders open for international travel year next year, I'll probably, you know, do my, my trip that I had of just working at a whole bunch of animal centres and getting a heap, a heap of experience that way and, you know, making a difference that way. But yeah, just, I'm open. See what the universe brings me. See what, see what I can do with, with what it gives me. <laughs> And that's actually something that just reminded me from what you've just said is that um, I think your compassion as well extends not only to sort of farmed animals but also wildlife. Like you're involved in wildlife rescue as well, is that right? Yeah, I do a little bit of wildlife rescue with um, Service Wildlife Rescue. Jason who runs that is just an absolute legend and it's a pleasure being a part of his team and, yeah, get a bit of hands-on experience way as well. It's completely different to what, I'm used to in, you know, in Thailand, it was mostly dogs. So yeah, dealing with native birds and wombats and koalas and all sorts of things is every time is it's a totally different rescue. But yeah, that's definitely fun as well. I do love that. 
And is that something, like, if anyone is interested in getting involved in wildlife rescue, like, did you do any sort of training or was it kind of on-the-job training? How did that work? Because I had a bit of rescue background, I was able to bypass a little bit of that. But if people are interested, they can either get in touch with Wildlife Victoria, uh, who will provide you with, you know, all the training and everything that you need. Jason at Survival Wildlife Rescue, if anyone's in that region, will also provide anyone with, you know, the training and the equipment and the the baskets and everything that they need to get started as well. So uh, I think if people are passionate and they've got a bit of extra time on their hands, there's always a way to get involved, definitely. It's something I think that I personally can say that, you know, when I started doing things like in the animal rights space or, you know, with sanctuaries, I was always kind of focused more on farmed animals just because that is kind of, I guess, what I was passionate about. Mm. But as I've started to, you know, get to know other people in the community that do things like wildlife rescue, it's really opened my kind of eyes, you know, to things I I look and I notice that that I probably never would have if I didn't know that people do this. It's amazing. Yeah. I've actually never really had anything to do with farmed animals. Like I've never, I've never patted a sheep. I've never patted a cow like um most of it's been with yeah like dogs and wild australian wildlife so you know i can't wait to get up to edgar's mission or something and surround myself with farmed animals because that that passion's all kind of in my head like i've never actually got to you know overload an animal with my love (laughs) (laughs) well maybe that's something for 2022 meg yeah, that's it. That's it. Overload all the all the farmed animals. <laughs> Before we finish up, did you have a quote, a favorite quote you would like to share? Uh yeah. My I would say the quote is souls don't meet by accident. And I think that, that I'm a huge romantic, but it's not just in a romantic sense, you know, friends, family, uh, people that you meet. I think everything happens for a reason in a way. And that includes animal souls. You know, they're here to teach us something as well. So none of it's by accident no exactly well thank you so much Meg I really appreciate your time and I can't wait to see what you yeah come up with for 2022 me too (laughs) thanks for joining us today I would love to hear from you if you've been inspired by this episode or if you have any requests for future episodes you can find me on Instagram at a kind life remember be kind to your body kind to animals and kind to our planet take care